0: We're still going to keep on topic of how we do, why we do, what we do. Uh, we do Christmas every single year, and there's lots of takes on, well, it was used to be a pagan holiday this, and well, it used to be that. We're not going to get into that whole thing. Instead, what what Andy and I are going to do is we're going to remember our traditions as kids and as young adults and less young adults of what Christmas has meant to us as it, as it applies to the actual story of Christmas, as it applies to the actual birth of Jesus. There's a, obviously a lot of stuff that can get in the way of the actual story of Christmas. But we're not going to concern ourselves with that right now. Instead, what we are going to concern ourselves with is just telling stories. Tell the stories of, of our lives. Like I said, just do it a little bit different than we, we've been doing it. And um, have, some, have some memories. My earliest memory of Christmas was in an Air Force Base chapel in eastern New Mexico in a little town called Clovis. So it was, uh, it was Cannon Air Force Base in eastern New Mexico. And I can remember it being dark. And it was weird to me. It was kind of an exotic experience because you don't go to church when it's dark outside. And there's a whole different feel to a church building. In the Air Force, you call it a chapel, but it it was a big, big church building, like most chapels, when you think about it, like small buildings, but whatever. It was a whole different feel in that building when there was no light coming in through the stained glass, when the only light that we had going on was that which was made by the lamps inside, and they didn't even have those turned up real bright because at the very end, we were going to have candle lights, and it was so exciting. I could tell everybody was really excited. And I was super amped up because, like, the next day was going to be Christmas, obviously. And so everybody was really excited. But there was this other thing, too. It was, it was this calm and this quiet that happened after the Christmas Eve service happened. And I can remember just everybody looking content and at peace. And, uh, and for me, that's what stuck as the, as the real feel for Christmas, was knowing where contentment was. Now, I've not always been content at Christmas, but I've always known where contentment existed, like where, where it could be found in Christmas time. And then you fast forward, I like fast forward into my teenage years now, and the next really important moment in time I had for for a Christmas memory, it was again on a Christmas Eve service and also another candlelight service where, you know, they'd turn the lights down low and everybody would have their candles lit up. And uh, my sister and I were sitting up in the balcony of the Army Chapel, it was Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and we were sitting upstairs in the balcony of the main post chapel and my mom and my stepdad were in the choir. So they were down there. And, you know, like if you've ever been a choir kid... Like your parents are in the choir. You know the power of mom and dad being in the choir, which is they can sense when you are about to do something in trouble, and they have the ability to look just at you. Everybody else who's looking, they could be looking directly at them, and they have their face is completely neutral, nothing happening. But when you are the one they're looking at, their face says, Oh, woe unto you, you misbehaved child. And so anyway, I we got that look a couple of times because my sister and I even into our adulthood now can't sit next to each other in church without giggling. So I, I don't know I be that it is what it is, right? And so anyway, we, we'd gotten to look a couple of times. But then it was time for Silent Night. And, and like everybody's like passing the fire of their candles around. And I was like, Matt, I'm am 13. Am I allowed to be unsupervised with an open flame in this building? But there I was. I had an, I had a lit candle. And we were singing Silent Night. And all of a sudden, the, the organist stopped playing and accompanying Silent Night. And all it was was just voices. And then we were moving. And we began to file our way out these, these narrow pews up in the balcony toward the stairs, and we're going down the stairs, and we're all holding lit candles and singing Silent Night. And the entire building is exiting and singing Silent Night, and there's a little voice in the back of my head says, "'Where are my parents? How am I going to find them in all of this chaos?' And the only chaos that existed was that I, this just wasn't planned as far as I was concerned. But it wasn't like a, that people weren't running around all. We, we were very like neatly, gently, quietly, except for the singing, exiting the building with open flames in our hands. And so we wound up outside in a brisk, cold North Carolina evening on a Christmas Eve, singing Silent Night a cappella there with one another. And all of a sudden, it didn't really matter to me as much that I didn't know where my parents were because I was where I was supposed to be. And I was singing Silent Night, holding an open flame, standing next to my sister. My parents did eventually find me, so, you know, that I, like, that. we'll go ahead and close out that chapter just so those of you who get anxiety about cliffhangers, there was not a, a, a you know, a manhunt they knew where we were the entire time, apparently. And they were also impressed that we didn't burn the building down with the candles that we had in our hands. So, yay, good parenting. And so, um, we all fast forward again. And this is probably, um, shucks, this is another decade in the future. And at this point in time, I was wearing the uniform of the United States Army. I was in the uh, Army Guard. And being a single guy dating a really great gal, I, I thought, you know what? My bachelorhood is now short-lived. I am not going to be a bachelor for much longer in my life, and so I am going to uh, do the thing that, that single guys do now and volunteer to deploy. For my job specialty, as a matter of fact, a request had gone out, anybody who is of this job specialty, we need someone to volunteer to deploy, and I said, well, shucks, that's me. It's a whole other story in and of itself, but... The bottom line is I volunteered to deploy and they called me up the day before Thanksgiving. And so I left my girlfriend with my parents after we ate turkey, went down, and went through this place called Individual uh, Replacement Center at Fort Bliss, Texas, which is the most ironically named base in the entire United States military, Fort Bliss. They, they, They could have called it Fort Everybody's Happy and have it been less disastrously named. But I left Fort Bliss on an airplane went to Kuwait and there in Kuwait I handed my orders to the person who was up front and he said I don't know where you're supposed to go man which is not the thing you're supposed to know you're supposed to hear as a, a a young soldier you're supposed to have people in charge of you that's that's how the army works you don't have this lone ranger thing going on but there I was an army of one out in Kuwait middle of December and so I, uh, I found a way to keep, found ways to keep myself busy. That, like my job specialty was applicable there, and they were short-staffed, as of course. And so I, I started fitting in. And then eventually they, they found me a place to go work a little bit more permanently. Not super permanently, but like almost semi-permanently. Which is totally a vibe if you've ever been anywhere near the military. And so it was Christmas Eve that I went to the flight line. To get onto an airplane from Kuwait to a little country called Qatar. That's where they're playing the World Cup right now as I'm recording this. And uh, it's the, all the World Cup's playing. It's a tiny little country on the, uh, the, uh, on the backside of Saudi Arabia and the Persian Gulf. And it was Christmas Eve as I loaded onto a C-130 with a bunch of cargo and nobody else. I was the only person on that plane. And I felt very alone. And yet I felt very not alone because this was uh, a a feeling and a situation I'd been in before. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was happening. But I just felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And everything was going to be okay. Okay. I landed on the other side and got out the back of the C-130. I looked like someone who was about to go on a special operations cheesy movie because I was the only person walking out the back of that plane. It looked really cool in my, the theater of my mind. I was tall, skinny, and dorky, so probably not as cool in actual reality to have seen it. But, you know, that's, that's what happened. And you fast forward another 10 years, and I finally got to be a dad. And the first Christmas we had kids, we had two kids. We had two little babies with us. And I was leading a youth group at the time. And it was for a, uh, an, an army chapel at Leavenworth, Kansas. And we had ourselves a banquet where everybody brought extraordinary food. And I remember when, when my wife walked into the room with my children and I realized I'm a dad and it's Christmas and I get to pass this idea of no matter where you are you're where you're supposed to be or you know where you're supposed to be or everything's going to be okay during Christmas The weird thing for me, for Christmas, for the Christmas story, is that we pay it a lot of attention. And the, like, to be fair, the birth of a child to a virgin is a big deal. The moment when God came to earth and invaded his own creation, so to speak, is a big deal. It's it's like if you put it in invasion terms, it's, it's like Normandy. It's like God heroically entering into the fight. To directly affect the thing that had gone wrong, and so it's a big deal. Christmas is, but there are a lot of other moments that we don't pay as much attention to, we don't pay as much respect to, and we don't have a we don't have a uh, Jesus revealed in His glory to His three best friends day, which I think at least is on par with that. We have Easter when He rose from the dead, which is. It should be the most important day on our calendar, but Christmas definitely gets a lot more attention than Easter does, uh, especially culturally. I think for me, I think the reason why it gets so much attention is because bearing a child and feeling like you're in the wrong place and feeling like you, you know, you, you've made a choice and you've, you've said yes to a thing that's hard, And you go with your family and you go with the people who support you and you go with the people who love you. And you go and you obey. And you have to work within the circumstances. That's such a relatable circumstance that it brings us closer to understanding what it was like for God to do the work in this world that he did. Because he said this is going to happen and then he involved people. And more than any other observance that we have you know like easter obviously involved people but it involved them very very badly um, uh pentecost involves people but it involves people going like whoa <laughs> look at what we get to do now and it was you know it was the power of god pouring out over them and them just being obedient but it but there's there's a journey there's a there's there's a there's a distance to travel there's something to be done and the stepping way outside of your comfort zone i uh, we, we have lots of different things we suggest like happened for the birth of, of Jesus. Uh, we, we paint a picture of the baby having been born in, in all, almost an, an isolated circumstance. But it the, the more I study about Eastern culture, the more I, I realize that that's just a, a westernized vision of like, you know, I was born in the 20th century, I work in the 21st century the idea that Joseph and Mary were completely alone is probably not accurate they probably had a lot of family around them, and when it said there wasn't any room for them in the end, it's they, they probably had some family who was in the end, they probably had some family members who were uh, staying inside of the end, it's just there wasn't enough for all of them but there were probably more people than just Joseph, so when you look at the nativity scene, I'm like, it, it makes sense, right, you, you don't want to have, you don't want to Crowd out the nativity scene like wait, which one's mary which one's the the second lady in waiting which one's the third which one's the doula which one's the midwife you know like which one's the guy that's in charge of holding on to joseph in case he's a fainter you know it's you don't you don't have the actual picture of what it was like but it was one of those things where they had to go and do something very different it was mary who was before jesus was even born was disgraced it wasn't like it wasn't something they could hide because like every, you can count to nine months and you know that like that she was pregnant with that baby before she and joseph got married and everybody knew it and everybody understood it and you can only explain god made this happen so many times before people just start saying well you know that's the story that she has the story of virgin births that, that god's causing uh, people to become pregnant was not a new concept and it, like, you know, they, people had seen in the prophets, the virgin shall, shall, uh, shall uh, give birth. And so the idea was already in the minds and the heads of, of the, the people at the time. And so the idea of a virgin birth was not a novel concept, but this is the first time and the only time that God would actually make it happen. And so, uh, you know, so it's, it's not that it was like a, a new idea, it was just the only time it was actually real. And um, there's other interpretations I've seen of what virgin birth actually means. Sometimes it just means, like, if, if conception happens at, on the first try, that was considered a virgin birth. Like, that's that's lame. And I'm like, oh, wh- well, well, I will concede that. If something is possible, it should be at least kept on a shelf of things that are are, are to be considered. It, let's put it on a shelf alongside of like why we should consider having an Easter rabbit during Easter. Okay, it's 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 silly uh, because I I think what maybe one of the things that's most important for us for for every Christmas is to maintain some amount of um, mysticism, some amount of. I hesitate to call it magic because it's, you know, magic's too broad a term. But something that is just so unbelievably peaceful and calming. Contentment that we haven't earned and contentment that we cannot explain peace. As Philippians says, beyond all understanding. Because it happens at that moment in time when we see what happened with Mary, what happened with Joseph when they just said yes. Yes. And they just traveled, the tr- just traveled the journey. They named the baby what they were told they were going to name the baby. And it happened. And in, that, in those moments, there wasn't anything that you could, uh, other than like a giant choir of angels singing to people on the other side of town, and them showing up and saying, <laughs> angels were singing to us, we have to come worship him. Out, outside of that, for the people who had the baby, it was just a baby. And after the novelty of like the angel choir wears off you got you got to raise a baby and then you find out there's a that there's you know a local official who really wants your baby dead so you got to you got to pick up and move but for that one moment in time they were they were just a family just having a baby almost normal and i think you know if at some point in time i was to come up with a, uh, another podcast Almost normal would definitely make the list. Almost normal has defined almost every single Christmas I have experienced because they have all been almost normal. But with extraordinary things that happen inside of them because God finds a way to make himself known to me and let me know that he's with me. He's watching. It's okay to be happy.